and we're back for another episode. How are you feeling today, Jude? Oh, just a <laughs> t- tired and drained today. Having having a yeah, having, having a d- down one today, but hey, I'll be out. Just have my cup of coffee. <laughs> Same <laughs> here. I notice my my mood goes with the, with the weather as well. Sometimes when it's sunny, it's uh, it's better, but uh, we'll have ups and downs. I've got an excuse, <laughs> man. It's, it's the sun is beaming, <laughs> it's beaming here in London. God. I got zero excuse, man. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, just what you call it? Just this, yeah. It's just a. Uh, it'll be fine. It'll be good, man. It'll be good. Right. So without further ado, we uh, our guest today is uh, John Crawford. J, oh, as we call him, JJ. JJ is a senior banking, uh, senior banking guy <laughs> in the finance industry. He is also uh, a good friend, uh, a father, and a purple belt that trains um, in Hong Kong. And uh, and here we go. <laughs> right, recording, man. How you doing? Yeah, man, surviving. How about you guys? <laughs> Fucking hell, man. I, I I wonder if we still live in the 21st century, man. Fucking quasi-worldwide lockdown. Who would have fucking thought, you know what I mean? God damn. You're in grand, grand zero out there in Hong Kong, man. Shit, man, that shit is no joke. <laughs> has, has, yeah. it, has it been like that for you? Because like, you, you've been there like from... Um, yeah, unlike Vikings, a one who, who ran <laughs> left, left his boys behind. Took it behind. with him, man. Took it no. with him, man. <laughs> yeah, it's been strange. Like uh, we've been fortunate in Hong Kong where we haven't been on a full lockdown. So um, in the beginning, it was very tense because the information we we're getting was very spotty. And I remember texting you, Jude, back then you checked in with me and I said, dude, it's coming your way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And literally what and, and literally what we're seeing over here are bits of information, sporadic videos of like pe- people randomly falling in the street. But you have no idea like what's real and what's not out there, right? And so everybody panicked. And so next thing you know, like within a 24-hour period, all of Hong Kong's wearing masks, except for my dumbass, because I never even thought about it, right? And I'm like the odd yeah. man out. And then, uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of fear over border closings, etc. I'd ship my family out to Korea for two mm-hmm. weeks. Same time, uh, uh, Viking was out in uh, Jeju uh, for various reasons. One, I'm half Korean. I have family out there. Mm-hmm. I, we know the food's great. And, and it's it kind of a crazy idea. And I would have never thought Korea would have blown up. But, man, there's a 40-man, 40 40,000-man army of the United States I'm like, shit, if it all falls through, at least we'll get a plane ride back to the States, right? Yeah, yeah. Where it's all blowing up now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then, uh, I mean, it's been very fortunate. We've only had four deaths, and we're circa 1,000 people infected. And I think at the height, maybe we had 65 a day, maybe a mm. couple months ago. And we've never really been on full lockdown. Like, we pretty much... St- Everyone started working from home. Schools were, you know, uh, on Zoom like everybody else. I think uh, the toilet paper run originated out of Hong Kong, so we'll take credit for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then uh, 
yeah, we tried to start a condom run, but man, nobody else picked up maybe Singapore and that was it. But uh, yeah, we've been able to go to restaurants. At one point, there was an outbreak at a very popular bar area. So they closed bars down for about a month. They just opened up last week. Oh, and we were able to go to restaurants. Uh, uh, you, you have to walk in with a mask. They take your temperature at the door. They have to offer sanitizer. And there's, there was no more than four people to a table mm-hmm. unless it's family. And then now it's up to eight people. And so they're oh, gradually okay. phasing and opening, op- opening it up even more. That's so, interesting. Yeah, I think okay. we're on, I forget how many days, six days with no uh, local transmissions. We had one transmission uh, last week where a lady randomly got it. Um, mm. I think her daughter had it, maybe her husband, I forget the third person. And before that, it was a good two weeks where we had no local transmission. So oh, wow. we're in a very positive, very positive route at this point. So there's some light at the end of the tunnel. So nice. oh, that's good, man. That's good. How's it affecting like, like work? Because, you know, your position. <sighs> Dude. Look at his beard. That's <laughs> yeah. I started growing this about two months ago, and I was like, "Man, I've never in my adult life had the opportunity to grow a beard." So I'm like, "Fuck it, man." I'm like I was saying earlier, I'm 97 days work from home, right? So I'm like, "Shit, yeah. man, let's see what it is." And uh, man, I, I, it's so much maintenance, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, it's affected work in a number of ways, both positive, negative. Like everybody else, man, you know. The future is very uncertain. Everyone's a lot of people are very scared of, you know, the economic output or the economic uh, prospects. I'd say, man, personally, I'm thinking another year, two years, we're gonna before we come out of this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a worldwide freeze at my company for hiring. We're we're trying to keep perms hired, contractors, right, are on a list. I just got a, a request today for, man, what's our list, right, globally. So it's happening. Um, from a personal side, I've you know, like everybody else, you have your ups and downs. You have your sunny days and you have your gray days, and yeah. you know, you struggle with the gray days, and you know, you try to enjoy that. I've come to embrace work from home. I really hated it, but I've really come to embrace the freedom that work from home gives me. Yeah. For instance, now I'm up to 25 pull-ups at one time, one set. In between yeah. meetings, you know, you can bang out a, a set of push-ups, 200 push-ups in 15 minutes. Um, you know, I can go out to lunch. I can take a walk in the park, you know, and I set my agenda, right? And so yeah. I've really come to embrace it. So there's, there are positives out of this thing. Uh, from a work perspective, I told all my guys the same thing. And this year, it's about survival. Yeah. We got paid our bonus in March. Every single guy, man, dude, our next milestone is to have a job and let's keep a job. That's what we want to do at this point. Keep cash flow coming. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the bonus next year, realistically, is you've got a job, that's your bonus, right? Yeah. So I don't want to sound bleak or, uh, you know, down <laughs> about it, but man, that's just the reality of it. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. So. Absolutely. It's good. It's one of the one of the things that um, I realised with regards to working from home is is the whole discipline thing. I think a lot of people who normally work the nine to five in the office have to kind of totally change how they you know how the stuff that they view. So like you know if you've got a task to do normally, you spend you know nine to five doing that task rather than actually 
you know, people who are used to, like myself, working from home, is that, listen, I've got this task to do, I need to do it as quick and efficiently as possible. And then the rest of the time is mine, you know. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's an, in, an interesting way of working. I think that one of the uh, beauties that's going to come out of this is actually people's way of working. The process is going to be a lot more efficient, mm-hmm. you know, a hell of a lot more efficient because they're going to yeah. say, like, you know, like when you just, like, you know, it's like when you had a kid for the first time and you used to go to yourself, what the fuck did I used to do for all that spare time that I had? <laughs> <laughs> all that sleep I used to get. <laughs> yeah, all that sleep I used to get. It's like, shit, what I used to do for all that time. And you actually, look, I actually realize, actually, you do have a lot more time to play with if you can try to rearrange your you know your day a bit and your processes a bit and stuff like that and yeah it's, it's going to be interesting coming out the back end of this to see you know how the workforce yeah. is and everybody's um yeah, yeah i mean uh, you know thinking about it you know yeah. you know company-wide at my company i won't name them but uh mm. yeah i mean they're gonna force it they're gonna relinquish corporate real estate and force work from home they've realized that man we actually do a pretty efficient job. It can save mm-hmm. some money. So yeah. it, it's going to become a way of life, right? And and if every company is thinking, think about what that means for corporate real estate <laughs> in the long run, right? Things things will just change. And, you know, like when I lived in New York during 9-11, there was life before 9-11. And there's life not after 9-11. Things just changed, mm-hmm. right? And you can't explain it. And after this experience, things will just change in our lives that, we won't think about it now, but it'll just be like a norm in the, in the future where we look back and laugh like, damn, we actually showed up to work nine to five every day, right? Like, it'll be like that type of thing. Like, it's like, like when I was in uni, man, we didn't have computers. We actually have typewriters and you'd show up with the stack of quarters. And I told the young kids, man, you sit there with your cigarette smoking and you put a quarter and you get 30 minutes to type, right? Wow. That's how I used to, yeah, man. That's how I used to do the papers back in. <laughs> you actually had to pay in course. Yeah, stack of wow. quarters, man. Thirty minutes, thirty minutes, uh, twenty-five cents. Damn, that's hard. Yeah, we do. We could smoke inside, man. That was back in the in the good old days. <laughs> Shit. So tell tell me about your New York, man, because I know I've spoken to you in the past, and man, you you got so much passion and love for that city. You know? Yeah, the um. Just to set the scene, man, Hong Kong is my favorite place on planet Earth. Mm. But man, New York is my favorite place in the freaking universe, man. This place is amazing. And, um, you know, if you've been there, you know there's an energy about the place. And, and there, yeah. And what I love is, man, it's, the, it's as ideal a uh, society as you'll ever get, that I'll ever get to, in that. Man, it's a capitalist society. I work hard. I can make tons of money. I live a great life. I can buy services that other people do for me, right? I do services for people. And, you know, my daughter, there is no, there's less of a a glass ceiling for her, right? Mm -hmm. It's more of an equalitative type society where, man, she went to school with Jews, black people, Chinese people. It wasn't even a thought there. It's just mm. a multicultural environment where, and we everybody's just doing kind of doing their thing, right? Yeah. And that's what I love about New York. So, um, lived there for 18 years, and uh, yeah, man, I, I feel like you know when I think of New York, I'm a, I'm a New Yorker at heart, you know. <laughs> so it'll always be my home. Yeah. So, oh, it's, 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 it's a it's a wonderful place, man. I like it. I, yeah. I like uh, yeah. the, the thing is, like, I think it's only. 
uh, the last probably few few years, I've met some different groups of people, and they've just taken me to really cool places to eat and just yeah, yeah. It's, it's so much to yeah. discover, man. Dude, actually, there's a parallel between Hong Kong and, and New York. Very, very similar societies, and it's man, whatever you want, you can find in these cities, mm. right? I remember first coming out. Of, I was in Alaska for uni. I, I flew to New York, and they're like, "JJ, man, you want to go to a, a you know a punk rock place that is only purple-haired people and polka-dot pants? That should exist in New York, right? Like everything <laughs> that you could dream of." And uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up as a young man there. I, I you know, became wealthy there. I, you know, I, I formulated my career there. It's, it, dude, there's so many things. I, there is one negative, though, I have to admit. And, dude, it's the taxes. The taxes right. kill you there. So you had to pay, in the U.S., you had to pay federal, which is whatever your tax bracket is. It could go up to about 40 45%. It's very similar to the U.K. system. Mm. But, man, when you live in... Uh, New York, you have to pay New York State and New York City, and then they take another 15% of that slice. Which, man, if let's say you're paying 40%, you're walking away paying 55% of your paycheck. And, it, man, that's harsh. It's a harsh yeah. environment to live when you're, you know, you know, more than 50% is going to Uncle Sam and everybody else. So Is, is, is that why so, so many people, so many um, New Yorkers got into Florida? In yeah, because yeah, <laughs> there, there's no state tax in Florida, yeah. and that's why you have a lot of retirees there. Not only for the good weather, but for the fact that you don't have to pay extra to the state beyond that federal uh, tax that you you pay. Yeah. And I'll be honest, man, I can't see myself ever moving back to the U.S. in my oh. working career. Nah, I, 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 from a from a tax perspective, it doesn't pay, man. Right. Okay, and okay. a lot of people talk about, oh, man, I make this much money, right? Mm. Dude, it ain't about how much money you make. It's about how much you make after tax. <laughs> Straight <laughs> up. Much, how much simple money you as keep. That. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it is. And that's why a lot of business people are very wealthy because they have write-offs that they can write off their income. So they get their mm -hmm. money. They have the write-offs. They buy shit that they're going to buy anyways. They just put yeah. it towards their business. And what's left over, they get taxed, right? Yeah, Whereas yeah. an employee... And Uncle Sam gets their piece, the state gets their piece, and then you get whatever is left over. Mm. And, you know, here in Hong Kong, they have a very nice tax regime, which is 15%. If I screw up my taxes, I pay 15%, right? That's if you totally <laughs> fuck it up. And if you do it right, you're in the 13%, which, man, that's drastic. I remember moving from New York paying 55% to London, and I was paying 40 in London. I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do with all this extra 15%, man? This is heaven, right? <laughs> Then I moved to Hong Kong, and it's like, dude, this I, I just can't see myself leaving, man. There's no fucking way. I'm retiring in this bitch if I can, man. So, oh, so yeah, it, let's say things, you know, you always got to have a plan B. It's like, mm. man, I'm here in Hong Kong. Things don't work out here. What's the next place? Which the low tax has my industry, you know what I mean? So, you know, you got to yeah. line this. So... Mm -hmm. That's good. That's interesting, man. That's really, really, really interesting, man. So, how's uh, how's your family been coping? So they're not with you at the moment. They're in they're in Korea. No, no, no. They came back in February, just before Korea blew up. Okay, and, okay. Yeah, they came back. I was I wanted them to go to the states, but they didn't want to be separated because my wife was scared. Uh, literally, I live, and it's an interesting place. I live. I live in the middle of Kowloon, maybe ten mm. minutes from Hong Kong Island. Yeah, yeah. But I live across the street from the Chinese border, 
right? So we have a high-speed rail, which literally I walk out of my apartment across my yeah, remember, apartment complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you walk into the MTR station yeah. and you walk to the other side and it's the Chinese border, right? Because it's yeah. where they do the immigration for the high-speed rail. Mm-hmm. And my wife's... Yeah, yeah. My, my wife is. My wife was like, "Damn, man! If it goes down, I don't want to be in the states. I don't want to be separated from you. I, I want to be with you." And so, all right, you know, for my job, you know, I've got to be here, right? Uh, as a senior member of the organization, you know, a number of reasons. One, I've got to instill courage in, in my people for the customers, etc. Right? It's just, man, that's yeah. just the way it goes. So you got to suck it up, and we've been here, and. and and it just worked out where this is one of the safest places on earth. So, mm. you know, luckily Viking took it with him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Only brought Korea and uh, and Italy down with me. No big so, deal. <laughs> but yeah, man, they've been, uh, yeah. uh, you know, doing uh, as well as expected, man. You just, you know, in this environment, like I said, everybody has their ups and downs. You have your days. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's my wife loves it because, you know, I, I don't, I'm not at work all day. She gets to beat me up all day as a punching yeah. bag. And, Excellent. you know, yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, my daughter, she, it's been touch and go with the international school thing where just mm-hmm. like with the UK, the GCSE testing, all of that, this is the year my daughter finished IGCSE. Oh, so it's been yes, a fiasco, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's been yeah, a fiasco, yeah. man. And essentially, you take this, it's, it's different for uh, Americans. We take a test every year, you get your grades, mm. all of that added up, adds to your score. UK or international system, you take your one test a year, right? Well, man, yeah. there is no test. So how do they determine your grades? Mm. And there was no judging factor. It's like, so it is your grades that count, it is your homework. So it's like, man, mad rushing through all this paperwork. Yeah. And um, they got to justify the fees as well. So they kept extending it. Instead of just saying, man, it's over. We're going to take your uh, mock exams, your homework. They're like, shit, we got to pay these guys another three months. So then they have class online or whatever and making them do homework. And it was just kind of a seesaw. About a month ago, we just called every single teacher and was like, listen, we've got seven classes here. There's nothing she's going to do to change that grade. For two years, she's been a B or an A mm. or whatever. We're pulling her out because all the evidence shows she's going to get that, right? Yeah. And there was one class where actually the work would change the grade. And so we kept her in that class until she finished her last few exams. And so she's effectively done with the, so then that was kind of a yeah fiasco. Yeah. Um, the next challenge is a move. So our lease came up mm-hmm. and man, you know, another positive is I just shaved 25% off my rent in the most expensive place to live on planet Earth, man, which is freaking great. <laughs> so beer's on me next time you guys are out. <laughs> oh, wow. So, no, man, yeah, Hong Kong, Hong Kong, uh, apart from Manhattan, it's like it's the, the rent set is crazy, huh? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, the What people don't realize is if you work for a bigger co- company there is a old colonial loophole that gives you uh rent tax-free or pre-tax right and so yeah so uh, a lot of people they pay their rent it sucks right it always sucks mm. but what the what bigger companies do is they have this thing where you bring in the lease mm. and let's say you make just as a round number a hundred thousand pounds right mm. your lease is twenty five thousand pounds a year 
they take your lease and now they call it housing allowance and they give you that 25,000, you know, your salary is 75,000. You still make the same amount of money, mm-hmm. but that 25,000 is no longer taxed under that 15%. So you make a few bucks that way. Yeah, so, man, it's yeah, not yeah, as bad yeah. as people try to bullshit you when you come out here, man. They, they're just trying to convince you to pay the bill at the bar, man, when they uh, tell you how expensive the rent is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, how are you guys doing? How are you guys making out in uh, the... Um, it's, um, uh, uh, today I'm having a bad day. Today is, is a harsh day. Just like, just, One of those great days, huh? Yeah, just tired and stuff like that. And just trying to just like chuck through stuff, you know. So, you know, my, my, my enthusiasm, my conversation enthusiasm is just like at a low point at the moment, man. So I'm just, you know, just trying to scrape through the day. But it's, it's nice and sunny out here. That's a good thing. But um, yeah, I'm just, I just want to get back to a little bit of, of normality, you know. I mean, get like, you know, yesterday he was talking and... And we were talking about the the actually lack of space that you have yourself when you have your family at home the whole time and mm-hmm. the time that you have, you know, and the Viking was saying that he wakes up like four or five in the morning just to get stuff that he needs to do done for himself, like even like read a book or something like that without being disturbed. And it's the same thing for me, you know, it's like, you know, stuff on the TV you can't watch because the kids or the missus are not watching it. So you have to, you know, almost like emasculate yourself, you know, capitulate to everybody else in the house before you're able to do something. So, and then, so that, yeah, that, that kind of, that kind of builds up. So then you usually, you take all those energies and you normally, you just like, you pop to the gym and do jiu-jitsu or something like that, but you don't have that outlet. So now you have to find certain ways, whether it be, you know, just doing different types of exercises that, compensate for what you used to do but also on the flip side of it is a reminder of what you're not doing <laughs> you know or what you're used to or you know you sit down and have a conversation with a man like jj crawford you know so yeah so it's 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 um yeah it's stuff like that and being able being able to kind of like like manage that type of stuff you know in in a day now so yeah it just it's some days it's just like boom yeah, God damn it. dude, it's sunny some days, gray some days, and Absolutely. I hear you, man. Some sometimes I I go out to there's a park I live over here, man, and there's a bunch of benches, and I had a funny experience where I'm like, fuck it, I gotta go to the park, and I'll just take calls at the park, right? Yeah, and I got bring your own device so I can do my shit on my uh, phone. And I looked up one day, and I'm like, dude, I'm sitting on this bench. There's another dumbass that is doing the same thing on that bench. There's a dude over there. Dude, it's all the dudes that got kicked out of the house. Or same yeah. thing, man. They just got to get the hell out. <laughs> just, it's true, it's true, man. It's true. So listen, man, tell me about your jiu-jitsu journey. When did you start, you know, et cetera, right up until um, Hong Kong? Mm. Yeah, so um, it started because... Uh, you know, I wanted to uh, get my daughter into a self-defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, where I worked, I actually had it at the workplace. And, you know, I saw, uh, you know, I happened to see a bunch of guys that came out and after session. And uh, and I was like, shit, I'll try it. It's free. Why not? Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, it, it was one class a week, Fridays. It was run by a guy named Luke Spencer, man. Love the guy to death. Give mm-hmm. him a shout out now. Um <laughs> And uh, uh, it was Nogi, and uh, yeah, we went in for an hour, hour and a half, and uh, did my first session. And man, for the last 15, 20 years, I've been consistently a long-distance runner, triathlete. Yeah. 
long distance swim or whatever I happen to be, you know, right? Mm-hmm. And on that day, I'm like, fuck, I found my sport, man. I got flexibility, strength, cardio, everything all in two minutes because I gassed out like after two minutes. I was like, <laughs> dude, I'm done. Fuck. The guys are like, man, you got another three minutes. Keep going. I'm like, fuck it. Dude, I just got my whole day's workout like right there. I'm like, dude, I'm in love with this shit. Plus, I get to learn to, you know, this great skill. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I did that for maybe a couple of weeks. And, you know, my personality type is, dude, I just cannot do a little bit, man. I can't control myself. I'm all fucking in, right? Yeah. So um, then I had to go find a gym. And so I looked on the map of London mm-hmm. and I had to transfer it. Uh, what was it? Uh, Waterloo. No, what was it? Uh, yeah, I went to uh, Waterloo. Clapham Junction, maybe? Yeah, Cla- uh, yeah, I had to go through Clapham Junction, and, and I lived in a place called Walton-on-Thames. And mm-hmm. in Clapham, uh, it was just halfway point, exactly. And there was a school, new school, BJJ. Yeah. And the reviews were really good, right? I looked it up. I, I emailed them. They said, come down for a class, right? And then, mind you, I did a month of one-week uh, Nogi with a bunch of other, you know, dudes that sit behind desks and are unfit thinking, damn, man, I'm, I'm talented at this shit, right? Like, I'm going to go in and... <laughs> so I remember going to my first class, right? And, um, you know, it's a fundamentals class and I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm way ahead of these guys, man. I got this. And I remember some guy had this, this one guy... Uh, was a two-stripe white belt. And I'm like, fuck, I could take this guy. Matt, fucking clean, clean, clean the mat with me. I'm like, holy fuck, <laughs> this, is, this shit is legit, man. This is cool, right? And then, man, I just started training three, four times a week. And then I would, uh, uh, and it built up to seven days a week where I was drilling at work with the guys that were in the class, right? Yeah. And for the first year, year and a half, I was training every day, just yeah. focusing on, whatever, you know, I had a curriculum and I was very methodical about it. Mm. And, uh, uh, and I even, I just gave away a grappling dummy that I I don't use anymore that I did use as a white belt, blue belt that, you know, (laughs) I could practice my shit on. But, um, then I was at a new school for, uh, uh, I don't know, I'd say a year and a half, two years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two years. And, um, man, uh, you know, and I'll be honest, living in England, uh, you, England's a funny place and that unless you grow up there, people are very insular and you'll never make great relationships outside of work with the English people. And it's not disrespect to them, it's just cultural. And they may tend to disagree. But man, it's the first time in my life that I became friends with normal people, normal English people yeah. that didn't live in this bubble of work. And, you know, I built very strong bonds with these people. Men love them to death, right? Mm-hmm. And they come from all walks of life. And they accepted me for who I am. Men didn't, you know, care what I did. You know, I yeah. could do anything for a job. I'm, I'm a cool guy. I, I don't, uh, I'm not an asshole. So, man, I, they're cool with me, right? And, uh, yeah, man, one thing led to another. Uh, started competing about, uh, I'd say, six months after I started. Yeah. And embarrassingly lost to a guy that couldn't tie his own belt due to my own nerves, as I say, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized, you know, and competing is actually its own sport within the sport, 
right? You yes. can know jujitsu. You could be superior to the, your opponent, but man, there's a mental game that you got to overcome to to yeah, actually win. There, there's, yeah. you know, and so then I realized, yeah, man, that's, there's more to this whole thing than I thought. And so then uh, I think in the course of the next year, I competed six, seven times as much as I could. Yeah. Um, and then uh, my dream has always been to live and work in Asia. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I come to Hong Kong for business uh, for many years, probably over the last 10 years. I've been here 15, 18 times or so, and I just fell in love with the city. Yeah. And uh, had the opportunity to move out. And, man, these opportunities don't always come, so I took it. Mm. And uh, yeah, ended up, uh, before I left, they gifted me with my blue belt, and, uh, man, uh, very emotional for me. Like, you know, you make that first thing and it's like, damn, man, you work so freaking hard for it. Man, you really work hard for this. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, the, you know, I see them less often. I get to train with them less often, but you know, I love them just the same as much as I do my new family. Right. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, I came to Hong Kong and, you know, my coach is there, Nikki, uh, Anthony Stu pointed me to Viking. They're like, man, you got to train with this dude Viking, right? Yeah. So I, I texted Viking and uh, I come out in December before I moved out for kind of a, a spot check uh, or not a spot check, but a site visit is what they call it. You know, basically you come out, you do a, a quick interview, then you go out for happy hour, make sure you fit with the, the boss and all of that stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I literally flew off the plane. I went to a private school interview. And uh, before I even got any sleep, I was already training. I did the interview from like 8 to 9. Yeah. Took the train all the way to Viking Spot. At about uh, 9.30, we started training 10 o'clock, Hurt Locker. And should I, I'd been up all night, and I trained that. And uh, then we went out to lunch, got to know Viking. And, uh, yeah, man, when I moved out here... Uh, trained as much as I could with Hurt Locker at first, but man, it's difficult. You're doing like a, the new guy hustle. You're new here. You got to, you know, establish yourself. You got to build a yeah. reputation, all of that stuff. Right. And I trained at a uh, uh, gym just down the street here that Viking taught at. And uh, uh, then I think over time Viking uh, moved to a more permanent location and I moved with Viking. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I've been training under Viking for three years and, you know, I've come to uh, and really love my Hong Kong family here, and they've made my life a complete different uh, experience. Where a lot of expats come here and they live in the expat bubble, and yeah. literally couldn't tell yourself from New York or Hong Kong other than man, you're in a bar with some Chinese writing, right? Mm-hmm. But here, I've experienced so much more richness, and it's through you know Viking. Uh, my, my boys, Kaki, Yin, yeah, yeah. Locke, all of these guys, man. I love them to death, man. And, you know, these are guys that I've, over the last three years that I've trained with them that, you know, man, you know, they'll be my friends forever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. man, these are the guys that if anything goes down and shit, it can happen here, right? Like, dude, I'll be there for these guys. And that's, you know, how I feel about it, you know. And my experience here in Hong Kong has been completely different than anything other than, uh or these other expats and you know a case in point is i had a, a co-worker arrested in a mtr station um mm-hmm. what was it back in maybe november 
And uh, uh, what had happened is, is uh, there were some random guys beating up uh, a young kid. And my coworker stepped in and was like, man, what the heck are you guys doing? And they're like, we're police. And by law here in Hong Kong, when you say, you have, can I see your ID? That's the law. They have to produce a police ID. They did not yeah. produce one. An altercation happened. And um, about three months down the line, my coworker was arrested. Oh, wow. And he, or two months, uh, another month, because month, it happened in November. And then he got arrested in December, and I was at home on holiday. And, man, I just happened to pick up the phone call. And the guy's like, dude, I need a lawyer, like today. I need, I need it, like, right now. And I'm like, my boss calls me, and he's like, JJ, man, I got this weird text from this guy. You got a lawyer. I'm like, no, man, hold on. I, I know people. Mm-hmm. So I call up, you know, Viking and the boys. I'm like, dude, I need a lawyer. And in jiu-jitsu, yeah. there is a guy, right? Um, I don't know if we want to name his name or whatever, Viking. But, uh, dude, he is an excellent lawyer, man. He He's yeah. like... He is a high-end lawyer. Is he a, is he a criminal lawyer? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I think he's a criminal lawyer. And uh, man, I called him. He said, "JJ, I'm in. I'm in uh, court today, man." Does, I'm like, man, I got my boy in jail. He needs to take a statement. He's like, "Give me 30 minutes." And he's like, "My my uh, coworker is coming to take the statement for you." And uh, she showed up. Uh, to the station about two hours later and uh, uh, basically guided my friend who's a foreigner in this country through the legal system of what he mm. what he should do. It's very similar to the UK system, right? So um, basically they asked him a series of questions. They guided him on how to answer that. He walked out on bail mm-hmm. and ultimately it turned out that they were not police mm. uh, and uh, he got off completely uh, I mean, no charges, nothing. And man, to this wow. day, he's like thanking the lawyers, thanking me, like man, mm. because you know you get convicted in a country here, man, you're liable to lose your job. They may kick you out of the country. You just don't know, right? Yeah. And and through just that example of um, you know the connection and the strength of jujitsu in Hong Kong, that through through our family, uh, through Inglorious, man, it's you know. It like is, I said, man, I can't, I can't say enough about the experience. It is one of the things that um, I always keep saying. And, and like we, we have a, like a, our coaches' meetings and stuff like that, like once a week, once every couple of weeks. But it's, it's, it's you know, as, as a group and as an academy and stuff like that, you know, it's, you know, I can go out and I can get somebody else to design me a website who's outside of the, but no, I'd want to give that work to somebody within the family within the academy oh absolutely man and i think that's important that we kind of like you know just a photographer it's not point me getting a photographer that's outside let me get somebody is anyone here a photographer you know and just use those assets and stuff and just keep it within keep it within the group it's very important because it not only builds that that bond and stuff it builds that trust etc you know and um, yeah because you share so much that's the other thing you know with people that's the other thing i would say about uh, maybe our particular sport is that trust is a very it, it's a very big uh, and important thing and it's not only bringing the business or, or creating bonds within our own community but we also 
would know 100% that they will give their best of their service to to us. And so we wouldn't have to like filter or worry about, you know, whether we're going to get this job done or not. I know they're going to make it, you know, but yeah. Yeah, especially as you know, they 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 know you as well as, and you know, mm-hmm. it's different from like you know, if you're pitching to an agency or something, they don't know you, they don't know your experiences, they don't know how you feel, how you know what sports you like or whatever. But if you're, you know, somebody that you know that is within your group, you know, within your sport, it's sort of like accountability, isn't it? Yeah, and they I'm also know it. Yeah. If they fuck up, we're gonna... <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. They've got to show up back to the dojo, right? At some point. <laughs> so, are you guys back training at all now? Yeah. So, um, we started a couple of weeks ago in very small groups, and it's been segregated between uh, belts, and it was not, you know, advertised. It was just, you know, a small group of. You know, on higher belts on Monday, Wednesdays, lower belts on Tuesdays, uh, Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And it's as the confidence of Hong Kong has grown, so has the classes. Right. So as we've hit, you know, I think, what is it, uh, 26 days, circa 26 days with only three people infected within Hong Kong, everybody's mm-hmm. confidence is raising and people are starting to come out. And right, so the level of class, number of people coming into the classes are growing as well. And, uh, yeah, when I first started off, we kind of asked each other, man, did anybody travel? Anybody you know, <laughs> yeah. who's been in Hong Kong since January, right? And you've been in contact with anybody that travels, et cetera. But, you know, and, and it was like four people, and we all knew each other's history. And yeah. then it has just kind of grown to where, man, I think Monday night, it must have been 10 guys on the mat, mm-hmm. right? And um, last night, I went to the... Uh, uh, the, the lower belt class because uh, there's a kid I took very first class, man. It was a weird experience teaching someone how to tie their belt, but that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But uh, and, I, and I realized, man, I'm a shitty coach. <laughs> Dude, I'm a better competitor than I'm a coach. But anyway, so yeah, there must have been a good 10 people at the lower belt class last night too. So nice, it's, nice. it's encouraging to see that the populations, yes. you know, coming back. Getting more confident. When, when, when did you guys start, like, start training when did the academy open back up i would say two weeks ago all right okay. i think oh, wow. the government Ernst. gives out certain guidelines of um like for, from what i know of hong kong at the moment you you can open up classes like gyms and stuff but um it's limited to eight people and or coaches have to wear masks in between or before it opens up or whatnot. Um, but I think every country or every city will sh- should have their own guideline because not everyone's completely sealed off or, or having travelers in around. I don't know. It's a, it's a bit of a puzzle that we have to, have to go through. Yeah, it'd be strange navigating the next, I'd, I'd say, 9, 18 months nine months, 12 months, 18 months of this until there is a wider vaccine, right? It's the risk we have to weigh. Yeah. yeah. Is, is, are people still able to travel travel freely in and out of Hong Kong? Or I think you can. I, yeah. 
there's very limited flights. You can leave all you want, <laughs> right? <laughs> Whether the other country will accept you, that's a different story, right? There's countries that full out ban people from Hong Kong, mm-hmm. uh, Taiwan as an example. Um, now coming into Hong Kong right now as a as a non-resident, yeah. uh, non-residents are barred from entering Hong Kong. Uh, I believe that may open up June 7th, potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may be wrong on that. I'm not I mean, they may open up uh, China and Macau uh, to a certain extent then. But uh, right now, if you are a resident, uh, uh, which means you have a visa to work here, you're yeah. a Hong Kong citizen, yeah. you basically come into the airport and you go to uh, the Hong Kong Expo where you sit there and mm-hmm. by all accounts, if you... Uh, arrive in the morning, you sit there, you, you get your test, COVID test, and you wait for your result, which can take five to seven hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you arrive in the afternoon or evening, then they give you a hotel room where you go, you take your test, and you go to the hotel room, wait your results. Mm-hmm. And based on your results, whether you go to self-quarantine or the hospital, right? Yeah. And certain countries, I believe, they go uh, direct to government quarantine. There is no uh, self-quarantining, uh, from my understanding. It's so certain countries China, feel... Uh, China, uh, I, I'm not sure. I, actually, there's a kind of a loophole there in that if... I believe they allow uh, the border sealed, but you need a visa as a Chinese citizen to come to Hong Kong. China has effectively stopped giving those visas. Yeah. So... Technically, you can't come to Hong Kong at that point, right? Unless you have a, 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 a long-term visa. And there is some sort of quarantine. I'm not sure if it's government or self. I think there's, there a, are... there's a little thing where there, in the past there were people from mainland China who um, has kids that go to school in mm-hmm. Hong Kong. And so those guys could get a, an exemption of quarantine. Yeah, like they live on the border, they come across the yeah. border every day to school yeah. or whatever, right? I do know that uh, there has been a weird industry that uh, has sprung up here in Hong Kong. So tourism has fallen by 96%, right? And so man, mm. you've got all these hotels that are basically empty. And a lot of them are giving them quarantine packages now. So I had a colleague who had a yeah who had a daughter that and this may be an option for you Viking in a couple of weeks man stay in the <laughs> peninsula babe for two weeks right but anyway so he had a, a a daughter that goes to school in the UK and this one of the assholes I met in the park we were out there and I ran into him he's a coworker and I'm like hey man how's it going he's like yeah this and that my wife beat me up I'm out in the park. You know, similar story. And then he's like, yeah, my kid just came back from Hong Kong. And I'm like, or UK. And I'm like, oh, shit. This one, UK was blowing up bad, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, you better be careful. He's like, no, man, I sent her out to a hotel. And he's like, fuck <laughs> it. I just send her out to one of these quarantine packages for two weeks. They give you the food. They drop the food at the thing. Everything's sorted, right? Like free internet. And, uh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of a weird little industry that's, that just for survival that a lot of these yeah. hotels. And I've actually seen, man. Uh, you can stay at a hotel, 400, 500 square feet. And what were they charging? Um, uh, effectively like 1,500 pounds a month. That included breakfast, gym, 
everything. So they want you to come and stay like months, man. Like you just come into the hotel and we're in the middle of moving. And I'm telling my wife, shit, we'll just get two, man. One for my kid, one for me and me and my wife. Fuck, we'll just live there for like six months, man. We'll save money. And breakfast is sorted. Gym sorted. So it, it is a kind of a weird, you know, industry. So, you know, yeah, they got they option got for you guys, Viking, when you come, when, when are you back next week, two weeks from now? Maybe I'm looking at maybe two weeks. Um, the other thing that I'm sort of uh, screening is also the unknown about flight risks because mm. um, I'm just reading and like, getting data everywhere. And it seems a lot of people who are still traveling are testing positive, but I don't know if they're positive from their country or during the flight, you know. Yeah, man, an interesting one is uh, we had, I think it's flight 283, 287, um, BA from London to Hong Kong. 15 people ended up getting COVID on some flight. I can't remember okay. which, Whoa. and they were not on the same play, uh, flight, meaning they were same flight number, yeah. different days, right? And my wife has this theory, and, and, and scratch, I said any airline, I don't want them coming back on me, like blaming <laughs> them for any business they lose, but... My wife has this theory where they just don't sanitize planes enough. And so mm. once you well, have someone, or, right? Yeah. When I was coming back from uh, uh, Connecticut um, and in March, and um, this whole thing was blowing up in New York, uh, you know, it's clear that, you know, the plane just landed. You know, I had a connection from Chicago. It's clear the plane had just landed, cleaned it out, and it just was turning around again. You mm. know, there was no, like... Sanitize. It didn't sanitize nothing, you know. So yeah, it's it's you know, airline industries do you know do have to take partly to blame to for the, for the transference of this, but also I believe that you know, also you know, countries have to take responsibility as well because even though this was going on, there was still and known that this thing is spreading, you know, f you, know you can take you, you know you could have flown anywhere around the globe really you know up until the point that it just got actually it, it didn't even really stop it just cut down a little bit you know we were under the assumption here in the uk that you know there were no flights in and out of the uk and then for one day i just like you know it's just saw a plane in the air and went hey <laughs> and then i just like i checked on, checked on uh, the app you know it made just to see like where you know who, who's flying in and out and stuff like that. just looked down at heathrow and i was like God damn, you mean I can go to LA, Hong Kong, you know what I mean, Rome, there's all these destinations like, coming up, and I was like, oh shit. So it's, yeah, it's just this, yeah, it's just very, very interesting. I keep saying it's not, it's not a pandemic of uh, so much of, of this virus, it's more a pandemic of kind of like greed, you know, mm -hmm. whereas like, you know, if everybody made a concerted effort to just like, hey, you know what, two weeks, nothing, no flights, no nothing, no planes, no nothing, da 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 just in March, nothing, you know, it would have kind of like stopped all the shit that we're going through at the moment, you know, because like the entertainment industry, sports industry are oh, just getting hammered, mm. you know, because, you know, they rely on the crowds, they, they're to entertain people, you know, there's artists who can't, who had tours and, you know, they mm. can't tour anymore and stuff like that. And it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a big thing. Yeah, man, like I said in the beginning, I can't believe, man, we're in the 21st century living through this, you know, I'm like, yeah. fucking hell, man, I wake up, look out my window here, and I'm just like, damn, man, can't believe it, man, I still, someone press reset on this simulation, please. 
<laughs> it was funny because uh, what do you call it? I think um, the the football leagues in Germany started off on Saturday, so I was watching the the Bundesliga, you know, and it's just weird. You can hear. Are people <laughs> actually going? No, 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 no. It's close, uh, right. close games. Yeah, it's really, really right. weird. You can hear the coaches screaming for the sideline. <laughs> you know, it's 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 just so 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 weird, mate. The and score, you... and usually, you know, usually like they jump on each other. They don't. You know, it's like. <laughs> I want to give me high five, but I can't. So, yeah, you can feel it, you know. Did you see the one where the, uh, I think it was the Korean baseball game, where they put the sex dolls out in the audience to make it look oh, like yeah, people yeah, were yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was hilarious, man. Yeah, that's funny, <laughs> man. That's funny. I was but, half yeah. expecting Oleg to be part of that crowd, like, hey, take two <laughs> 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 Actually, June, a boy in Korea, he sent me a, a stream because he he's a PT for a couple of those uh, baseball players in in Korea, which is um, apparently a big sport there. And um, and I was just clicking on one of the live streams, and it's absolutely empty. The stadiums are empty. I've never never seen anything like it. But, um, yeah. so, so let me get, ask you guys a question, man. Where's the first place you're gonna go? When when travel opens up safely, because everybody's got their wish list, man. Right? Everybody's been dreaming about traveling, and everybody's got their wish list, right? For for me, it's just back to work, mate. Mm. It's just back to work. I, I I'm a workaholic. I love it, man. I love what I do. It's just getting getting back to that 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 grind again. I just love it, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, and everything else in between is just it's just the gravy. But yeah, it's just getting back to work. It's going to going to events again and and stuff and reconnecting with people that you haven't seen in a long time. Because I think that's that's it. You know, we can go on holiday and and chill on a beach somewhere with the family that I've been with for the last fucking three months. <laughs> <laughs> or or you know, just like you know, just get that work life balance back again. You know, and and reconnect with people that you haven't seen and you know, come to see you lot in Hong Kong and stuff like that. You know, that's that's. Yeah, that's that's getting that back. That's 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 for me, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think Viking is just get home, man. <laughs> that's your <laughs> yeah. wish, right? <laughs> I can get me out of here, They're living with the in-laws in -law in for three months, man. In-laws for three months. That don't sound like vacation, bro. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, I would like to go to Guam. Just uh, just get somewhere with beach and sunlight, and you know, like ocean but uh, as jude said i i we we travel a lot for for our work so just getting back to work would be like a nice change of pace that we've been in the past two three months you know especially our guys in china you know they're texting us every day and there's videos and stuff and it's it's really important to especially with our sport to to connect with people um but yeah I was watching uh, also like the people in Abu Dhabi, UAE, JJF and stuff, and they've already started getting all their athletes in for testing and they're planning to reopen some competitions in September or November time. So maybe that that's also something to look forward to uh, within this year. Um, I'm not sure how that how realistic that would be in, in terms of travel. 
but uh, th that's what they're planning. Um, yeah, that's, that's it's a good sign. Hard. People are planning, right? At yeah, least there's yeah. some hope. Well, yeah, that's that, and that is the main thing, you know. It's like I think it's all right to wallow in self pity now, and just keep going like, "Ah, oh, shit, I can't believe what's happening." But actually, at the end of the day is uh, is about planning and and you know after this, you know, and getting out of the yeah, back man. of it. You know, 100%. I've been even like. You know, like for me, I've been thinking a little bit longer term and, you know, I'm only a few years out from retirement, to be honest, right? And, uh, you gonna you fuck really it, gonna guy. Well, I ain't going to be doing what I do. I, I'm, I'll always work. It just won't be what I do, right, uh, today. But, uh, uh, yeah, man, I, I have vacation time, so I took vacation time just because I was getting burnt at work and mm. I realized, God damn, man, I spent four days here doing nothing and, man, I... I I cannot do retirement in, in, in the <laughs> traditional sense like you alluded to, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, there's no way, man. I just got too much energy, too much stuff to do. But there's a positive that's come out of self-discovery and, and yeah. learning that, man, I'll always have to work the rest of my life. What that work looks like may not look like what it is today, right? I, have a, I may I have be a teaching jiu-jitsu in the future or whatever, right? Like, yeah, anything, anything, man. I have a theory and it's, it's always, you know, and I'm still yet to be proved wrong. I believe that like, as men, we are not built for retirement. Mm -hmm. Just not built for it. Every like every there's you know uh, a close friend of families um, on on my my wife's side, you know, and he was just a doctor, amazing, amazing. The moment he retired though, he just got ill, sick, dead, and he yeah. started to go down. And I just believe you know as men, we're not built for that sit retire thing you know we have to yeah. be doing something even if you leave the industry that you've been in and retire but you have to be doing something else that yeah i 100% agree with you man challenges you the whole time you know so yeah it's, it's, a, it's also the reason why you know yeah you know we're not like you know 20s anymore but it's the reason why you know we're, we're in you know 40s plus doing jiu-jitsu because it still gives us that mental challenge, that physical challenge all the time. And I think that, you know, that's why you know, we'll never stop unless you get some crazy injury or something. Like that. But yeah. Have no, you know, yeah. yeah. Completely agree with that, man. Yeah. Not built for a time. So, yeah, fuck that, your theory. I'm retiring. Yeah, that, that, dude, that, <laughs> and, that and when I look in the mirror, I see a 21-year-old kid, so I got to I gotta keep yeah. doing to, to, to live up to that uh, thing I see in the mirror, right? <laughs> no, 100%, man, 100%. But this listen, ties man. in a lot with the uh, work ethic. Yeah. I think this ties in a lot with the work ethic, and especially something like, the sport it, it really drills that work ethic into you and yeah. so it's really hard to just stop everything in your life and and, and retire when uh, when this has become part of like your personality almost mm. oh yeah and yeah. It's like this is a prime example of not retiring but this is a prime example of you not doing what you normally do you know, so you're in lockdown, you're in quarantine, and look, look how many of us struggle. You know, it's just like, ah, can you imagine like you stopping your your daily routine, and boom, like that. You know, so this is a really good like kind of like mental note or 
to keep in your head. Yeah, say, time to reflect, I'm, man. Time to reflect yeah, on. You're not, so, you're not supposed to retire. You're supposed to kind of keep hustling <laughs> as much as you possibly can. You know, and you know, if, if your job isn't what you're supposed to, that if your job isn't what you've been doing for the last 10, 15, 20 years, then your next job should be like education or educating or mentoring people or kids that are coming through. So you, at least you'll stay in that industry, but you're still passing it on. You become a mentor, you become a teacher for somebody else. And uh, I, I, I'm a firm believer that's what, you know, us as men are supposed to be doing. You know? It's like being educated, be, be almost like be fathers to everybody else, you know, who's younger than us. So, it's a, you know, so yeah, so it keeps us, it keeps us fresh and keeps us keep going and keeps our heads keep ticking over, you know. Viking won't get it, he's not 40 yet. <laughs> <laughs> not too soon not too soon <laughs> yeah. keep it so that listen, way as long as you can listen Jay so listen we hit the hour mark and stuff like that but what we do with everybody man at the end of these is just to um, we just ask them this, or, what we called it Viking what we called it it's good vibe minute a good vibe minute yeah so it's just like anything that you think um, especially with what we're going through now is any anything that you think you know that people should hear you know just to give them a, a good vibe a little bit of inspiration you know i mean whether it be kids you're talking to whether it be colleagues or whatever you know just to, yeah just anything man just give some one minute of your, oh, your man, inspiration tough brother <laughs> tough one man tough one what i would say is um no, man, the sun will shine another day, right? This is just a blip and, and we'll look back and joke on all of this shit at one point. Um, I've lived through 9-11. I've lived through the blackouts of New York. I've been at the riots of London. I was in the, when New York was flooded, I was there in Brexit. I've seen the social unrest here. Man, dude, it's just, we'll get past this and, uh, and keep strong and work at your goals. Take, take the opportunity now and self-reflect and figure out what you're gonna, what life looks like in five years for you, right? And start achieving those goals. When you, if 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 I were to say anything, spend ten minutes and write that article about what your whatever Wall Street Journal, Financial Times, what would that article say about you in five years? What did you achieve? Where do you want to be, right? And then look back on that, and what in your life now are you not doing to achieve that? vision and change your life to fit that vision otherwise right you're kind of wasting your time you know reflect on this time right it's and we'll all come out be social enjoy we're gonna enjoy we're gonna reminisce about how much we enjoyed the past and you know let's you know use it use it positively and move forward positively and you know it's just change happens and this is what it is man that's all I don't know if that makes sense, but that's no, what I would say to people. Sense. Sounds like a really good exercise. I'm going to try that. <laughs> the writing down bit. Dude, I, I do it every few years. It's it's worth just man, reflecting. Where do I want to be in five years? And man, if I'm not doing what I what it is today that, that gets me to that vision, and I'm wasting my time. Mm-hmm. Listen, brother. Thank you very much, man. Thanks for your time. No, I appreciate the opportunity to yeah. speak, man. I always love hearing my own bullshit, so thank you very much. <laughs> it's good seeing you guys. And uh, hopefully uh, other people will enjoy it as well. And, dude, I uh, can't wait till you come out to Hong Kong again. Viking, man. Dude, you got to just get back, man. Hopefully I'll see you in two weeks. Let's see. All right, man. <laughs>
This shit's getting old out here without you, man. So <laughs> we miss you, man. Miss you too. Miss you too, man. Listen, thank you very much, yeah? All right, guys. Take stay care, safe. Buddy. Look after yourself, man. Yep. Bye bye. Hey, buddy.